Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Watch a podcast about Star Trek, The Next Generation. I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott. I'm one of the other hosts, Xander Genre. And I am the tertiary host, Jake Michaels. <laughs> nice. You're primary in our hearts. Aww. I just, uh, I try to use the word tertiary as often as possible and anytime there's an opportunity. Mm. I love that word because mm-hmm. it sounds like tushy, which is just fun to say. Mm-hmm. You sent the me a tertiary <laughs> host. You sent me an email uh, invitation for what you called our work day, but you spelled it W-E-R-K and I immediately Ooh. read it as twerk day. Oh, even better. That is exactly why you spell work like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that is... What I will be doing <laughs> while you send emails. <laughs> it's not productive. Uh, welcome to To Boldly Watch. This is the podcast where we all talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. I already told them that part. It. You did? Yeah. But it's good to reiterate. Just it's so good. That now we know. I know. It's a well, you tell them. You tell them now. Yeah, let's all do it. <laughs> did you know it's a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast? We all talk about it after we view an episode. There. Uh, yeah. Today's episode was Devil's Do. The Devil's Do. Devil's Do. I was so confounded. I said Devil's Do. <laughs> I was so confounded by what was this plot exactly yeah. that I, I, as soon as I open up the Wikipedia, it makes more sense because oh. this was an episode written for Star Trek Phase 2. What does that mean? Do you guys remember what phase two was? When we first started this podcast, we talked about it. It's because after the original series ended, uh-huh. they wanted to do another one around like 1979 or 1980. It was called Star Trek Phase Two. And oh. they built sets. And oh. I think they built models and wrote scripts for it. And some of those scripts, and they actually I believe some of the sets, were repurposed over. for Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Well, uh, I think it was very clear what this was about because Data plays Scrooge in the opener and the <laughs> teaser, the opener, it always indicates exactly what the episode is about. You think it's mysterious, but it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> well, it's all oh, an illusion to teach a lesson. Some mm. of these, uh, like, pre, the pre-credits, the cold opens are getting wild because I feel like they, they're like, there's not enough action or weirdness in this episode. Let's do a holodeck thing. And they just, that's, that's a trope they run with for a while. It's just like Great British Bake Off. Anyway. <laughs> Also, it's two actors talking about acting and acting methods and acting teachers. You know they both loved that, though. I know. <laughs> they can loved I mention Stanislavski, please? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the spark in their eye when can they say Stella the Adler. <laughs> yeah. Invoke her name. <laughs> okay, so what is this episode about in a nutshell before acting. we get into it? <laughs> Act- well, always about acting. This whole show is about <laughs> acting. This is a, a master class in the method. Yeah, the, the tag for Devil's Due is the Enterprise responds to a distress signal from a science station where the planet is in chaos over the return of a being who claims to be the devil. Yeah, does she, though? Because she does. Among other things. Yeah. But she claims to be a number of devils. She's right? Ardra. 
She's right, yeah, God. but she's she's their devil. But then remember, she transforms into like the red caped devil as well at one point. Yeah, after well, she looks it up on her computer. Feklar. <laughs> Yo, Feklar. Whoa. The Klingon with Zoidberg's mouth. Okay, real quick, while we're talking about Feklar, just meta. Do you think that they used Patrick Stewart in the second appearance of Feklar, or do you think it was the same suit actor? They hired it- one extra, put him in makeup for one day, and grabbed those two shots that come up in very different times in the episode. I yeah, thought the this exact is what, same thing, Becca. <laughs> when you work on set, this is what you think about when you watch television. You don't do that makeup two days. You do that one day. You it save that shot. It was the exact same She's makeup. exactly right. She's exactly right. Question answered. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, Ardra. <laughs> so we, we, we start out, but we start out with the ghost of Jacob Marley. That's the first shot of this episode. It's like, what is happening? And then, of course, we pan over to Data, or we see that Data is Ebenezer Scrooge. Crushing it. Ten Buck says Brent Spiner has played at Scrooge at some point in his career and just kind of had this memorized. Definitely. <laughs> but what's so amazing, again, is the layers, right? Yeah. So it's Data learning to act... Mm. But like trying to inhabit a character by copying other methods and not doing it well on top of that quote. Okay, so, good. so this this enacting of Scrooge, there was the layer removed, though, I'm going to go ahead and say, because Data has achieved the utmost round of acting prowess. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's acting to feel instead of feeling to act. Ooh, so right, because the method, as Picard is so glad to say, is about emotional awareness to create performance. But ah, 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 data flips it. The performance creates the emotional awareness, and that is his own variation on the method. And in doing so, he is taking a step towards being more human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Well summarized. I love that. Honestly, the best part of the episode. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all before the opening credits. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I cared about from this episode. Let's move on. But oddly, A Christmas Carol is not the part of the plot. When, when the plot actually revolves around a science station, which originally I thought it was one of those um, situations where it's an anthropology station that's like camped out on a base that had no, or a, a civilization that we haven't made contact with, but we, we have made contact with them. They're actually- They're not hiding in a rock hologram. Right. Today. Yeah. Are they, part of the, are they part of the Federation, this planet? Ventax? Ventax I think it 2? was like, they're recently, they're, uh, were they pre-warp too? They well, are that's what pre-warp I... because they became an agrarian society after being technologically advanced because right. they figured out the answer to peace is stop trying to mine everything for resources and capitalism doesn't work and uh, we need to go back to an agrarian society in our what, time. Was it Just that saying. or was it Ardra? <laughs> <laughs> You make an interesting point. <laughs> they regressed, and I guess they regressed to the point that they just forsook space travel, it sounds like, right? Ah. Uh. Yeah. Um, but they've had, like, no problems. They've had peace and such. But, but we get a message from one of our science outposts there that says there's a revolt, there's chaos, there's mobs at the door. They think the world's about to end. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit and say this is a story about prophecy, so let's get to the prophecy. Yes, mass hysteria, because the thousand-year time limit has elapsed on this old scroll that everybody signed a thousand years ago (laughs) that says um, a a being came to their planet and said, I will give you 1,000 years of peace and prosperity if in exchange, when the thousand years is up, uh, you become my slaves and you just submit to it and I enslave your whole planet. And they were like, signed 
Done. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The whole episode is going to be about, as we will get into, whether or not this Ardra that has returned at the thousand year mark is legit. Right. Picard doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But she if looks this great Ardra for is a not thousand. legit, yeah, she does look great for over a thousand. Over yeah. a thousand. Um, but who did they sign the contract with, actually, if it's not Ardra? What prankster a thousand years ago? No. <laughs> Definitely Q. A thousand percent. <laughs> you guys. That makes sense. No, it's but myth. listen. <laughs> you didn't think about this? Of course, it's myth. It's yeah. the whole thing. It's, well, it's all the religion. religion. That, uh, they the had an person. actual scroll with real signatures. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's actual printed scrolls of myths in our world, too. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> no, Are you saying the Declaration Xander, of Independence the Declaration of Independence actually did happen. Listen, I'm not going to start no. any conspiracy theories on this podcast. The ghost of King George comes back and wants his country back. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> this is what I love about this dilemma. This is such a Star Trek problem is like when they contact the people who are. So there's there's some um, the mob is holding some of the science team hostage. Right. Yeah. And so the Enterprise contacts them and says, all right, look. We will help you with your dilemma with this devil that's going to come back. We will help you with them if you just release our people to them. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. The devil knows that your weapons are useless against it. It's like we're fighting an indestructible enemy who doesn't exist. Mm. <laughs> what, a new, what a new interesting problem they have. It's not yeah. that they can't beat it. It's that they can't beat something that's not there. Well, and that's the thing. It's not challenging a physical entity, even though a physical entity exists. It's challenging the belief systems of an entire culture. Right. Who have resigned themselves to their fate. Anyway, new ensign on the bridge. Yeah, new ensign. <laughs> She's great. It was a dude. Oh wait! Oh, I was thinking of the other. There's a the next ensign. episode, yeah. yeah, yeah. The next episode, we get another one. We we every once in a while, there's just a new ensign on the bridge. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're always, always trying to shake it up. You know, wait, hold on. They're in Wesley Crusher's seat. What's he doing there? Remember, Wesley is at Starfleet Academy. Academy right now. This mm-hmm. is so upsetting. I forgot he tried to fight with water and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's been a few months since we, okay. since we watched it. So, but here is where the I'm going to break the wall a little bit because no, okay. we sometimes talk about episodes in order. But in this one, uh, we come to find out that the big mystery at the end is she's not this Ardra or she's not all powerful as she uh, has said, but rather it's a series of like holograms and uh, transporter techniques. Yeah. Now, when you look back at the beginning of the episode, there are a lot of security breaches on the Enterprise <laughs> that are like, okay, but how did you do that? Yeah. Like yeah. they forcibly beam her off of the bridge and she shows up as that ensign who has like gone. So apparently they beamed that ensign off of the Enterprise. She beamed herself through her eyes, by the way, to that spot and then manifested a hologram of his uniform in the... Sp- <laughs> In the blink of an eye. Look, we didn't say she isn't good. She's good. Well, and not only that, at one point, because she's been doing all of this, Picard says, keep the shields up freaking all the time. I elaborated a little bit there. And then later on, he's freaking all the time. He's in his quarters and she shows she's there. It's like. How did you transport through the shields? We should be talking about that. Romulan tech. It was uh, Romulan tech. But that's terrifying if Romulans have that tech right well, now, Well, we're right? terrified of Romulans, so yeah, right. it tracks. 
And the other layer on top of this whole thing <laughs> from the get-go, if she is this sort of like flim-flam con artist, she would know who the Federation is. How wh- Have you been living under an asteroid? Maybe I thought that that was game. actually, yeah, I thought that was, she was playing okay. the game with them. If she was playing the game, then she got too greedy because she <laughs> would know that the whole freaking Federation would come after a missing ship. Duh. Like, like, oh, it was infuriating. But isn't that anyway. for for a true criminal getting the next big score yes! is more tempting than the potential consequences? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what if we robbed Bank of America? I'm just saying the explanation was flimsy and could have used a little more. I think Becca's right, though. It's the ultimate con. Like, what what con is going to be like? Well, I could have an agrarian planet or a galaxy class starship mm. or both. Or you, Captain Picard, your soul, your your free will, give it to me. I mean, cool. I have mad respect for Ardra, because not only did she create the technology to operate with her eye blinks. Centuries old technology. <laughs> Centuries old, that's true. Well, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> well. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's a fair point. Centuries old. technology mm-hmm. with eye blinks. Although, was that around when the episode was made? Hard to say. Maybe. They knew it was close. But, uh, I mean, she really crushed it. She did her research on this contract of a planet she'd mm-hmm. never been to. Um, she knew she it really, backwards and forwards. She did, yeah. She knew that the starship also could be interpreted as being um, to be owned by the claimer of this myth. Just mm-hmm. On the fly. You know, there wasn't a Google at the time of, like, <laughs> what her are this I can exploit? <laughs> She did her research, yeah, and she I did. think that that brings crime into a level of just artistry mm-hmm. that is beyond compare. And I'm kind of sad that Picard figured it out. I want to call him a snitch. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, because she had a good thing going. Yeah. He was onto her from the beginning. Like for a con, like whenever we watch a con movie or hear a con story, there's a lot of like the twists or like yeah. the reveal of like, oh, this person wasn't always that person. But like we only get a few brief moments of those. Like I did like it when the ensign turned around. It was her again. That was yeah. a wonderful little bit. I mean, I liked all the bits. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it did sort of break the like, I don't know. You can't figure it out. I It broke a lot of rules that we established. No. Yeah. It it, was, well, it's also these are things Q can do. And Q yes. is all powerful. Yeah. Or that like baby face in in the air that's like, I will Thanos <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, so there are all powerful beings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it was kind of misogynistic that Picard would be like, well, you're portraying yourself as a woman today. And so I don't think your skills are real because he has confronted these skills. Well, I don't know if it was that or just the limit of her powers that she had displayed. Because I wanted to bring that point up, too. You know, Q was the villain from, like, the pilot episode and is so omniscient and omnipowerful that anything else just sort of pales in comparison. So if someone can do a few parlor tricks, uh, it's understandable that Picard's like, okay, but you're not Q. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And they do bring that up in the conference room of, like, could she be part of the Q continuum? Right. And he's like, nah. 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 Yeah. I was just kidding about the misogyny. I'm in love with Captain Picard and nothing could change his how perfect he is. Mm. She is smarmy and charming in her own way, but she's just like not quite a Q level. And smarming? So like, smarmy. But yeah, no, no, smarmy and charming. Smarming and charming. <laughs> but like I was just surprised at how like 
wonderfully silly the whole bit was too mm-hmm. like she was so it was such a serious antagonist that with the fake the fate of a planet in her hands that but she was also just like changing outfits all the time and trying Performed to impress with Picard. joy yeah yeah well said. yeah mm-hmm. uh and so sexy yeah like let we're just jumping around this everything. whole episode yeah she That's, looks great yeah. in her regular outfit she looks great in her courtroom velvets mm-hmm. but also there is a whole seduction scene where she comes for picard and she's wearing like just sheer fabric yeah it's sort of kind of held together <laughs> real good uh and like maybe she's wearing like a form-fitting onesie underneath but we can't tell nope also, anyway, it's that's like, all I have to say about this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, I looked very carefully. I think you're right. I think there is a form of living. I think you're right. I um, paused and enhanced. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, it's also shocking, but the most easy thing to do is to put a guest star like that in a uniform. But it's like when they're in, it's like, oh, you, what, don't wear that. <laughs> Same thing when Q mm-hmm. does it. It's like, no. <laughs> it's a violation of Starfleet. Yeah. That sequence is one of the ones I left the most at because after, first off, Picard's it, like, asleep passed out in his room when his uh i'm surprised you guys didn't mention his little robe yeah his i love oh it's i definitely like, wrote uh, it shorts and a tunic in a yeah. nice pale blue <laughs> i want one i forgot yeah. that i want picard pajamas and now i've it reignited my passion is it just a belly button cut v-neck t-shirt <laughs> over shorts or is it a one piece? it's all it's like a robe i think honestly i think it's a short robe it looks yeah. like that. Or like kimono style type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, a short robe with matching shorts. Yes. <laughs> and all silk or something. Uh, also, I made the note because I wanted to ask you guys, should I be sleeping with like plants around my head? Because everybody's <laughs> quarters, they're like live plants directly by your head. That looked like it was a Midsummer Night's Dream scene, the way he woke up with colorful plants behind his head. And yeah, I thought like that was Oberon part of her illusion. Yeah. Oh. But it, now it, no, but it wasn't. Now no. that you bring it up, I was like, oh, they're going to show that she's transformed him into like being in a forest scene. No, that's just... That would be good, though. He had, like, man-eating plants above his head. Yeah. I think they try to do that. The production designers try to do that for the quarters more often. Mm-hmm. We'll try it. Well, I should look for this more. But the sterile environment of engineering and the bridge, they want to give the the human or the, the crew uh-huh. uh, a little bit of, like, vegetation in their life. That's why there's also, like, an arboretum on board and stuff. But also I could see it as, like, a source of fresh oxygen as opposed to, like, pumped in Recycled oxygen. air. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. But I was like, should I do that at home? Should I have like a house plant near yes, my bed? Let should. me tell you, you should have a snake plant because they provide the most oxygen. Oh. No, they're the, like the vertical leaves. Mm, okay. Clusters of vertical leaves. That's a snake plant and with the stripes oh. across. That will give you so much oxygen. I heard a weird fact from someone and I can't remember the exact specifics, but it was like if you have... <laughs> You are in an airlock in your house and yeah. there's toxic air on the outside and you have five snake plants inside. You could live for like six months off just the oxygen those snake plants provide. I have no uh, citations to back this. Sure, in the yeah. science. <laughs> but I have heard snake plants give us the most oxygen. Got so it. Put I'm just going to make pocket. a quick You and nope. Katie must have read the same article because we have snake plants in our bedroom. So you're right. Oh, yeah. I need to get some. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to Star Trek. You know what else snake plants in the bedroom do? Hey. <laughs> I do not call it that. But one of my favorite parts was when uh, then she just beams him onto the planet's surface. And he's like, what? How? And Jordy's like, oh, hello, Captain. He's like, but, all right, beam me back, Mr. Worf. He's like, um, I don't know if we can. There's some interference. He's like, all right, come have data fetch me and bring me a uniform. 
It was did a good you, bit. Did you say uniform? Yeah. And then it just cuts to the shuttle, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he has to ferry him back on board. Just get Dina to come and get me. Like, how'd she do that? Whatever. I did not expect it to be this stupid funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good moment. I love Worf's, uh, the reaction is what sold it. Just him being in his pajamas is not scandalous to us, the view, us in 2022. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it's like the captain's worst nightmare. Yeah, it's pretty uh, literal nightmare situation of uh, in front of the class in your underpants. Yeah. So the crew tries to figure out, is this a cue? Is this uh, some type of illusions or whatever? And pretty quickly, Picard's like, she's a flim flam artist, right? Yeah. <laughs> This, there's, some, right there. there's something going on. So we we never really get that like full mystery beyond the, the the mystery of figuring out how she does it. We already kind of like quote unquote know it's not real. Mm. I'd like to enact a scene that was cut uh, with Deanna <laughs> Troy and Picard. Uh-huh. Why do you think anyone who might be sexually interested in you is a fraud? <laughs> Interesting. Picard. Uh, uh, oh, I wouldn't think that. No. Are you really looking inside of yourself to ask, why don't I trust myself to be lovable? Or is it that you yourself are the most unattainable prize? (laughs) Back to your post, Deanna. No more of this. (laughs) We have a mystery to solve. Yeah, so that's the scene they cut. Yeah. Um, But, uh, so, oh, and also Data is commissioned to scan the entire scroll for any Mm. discrepancies or legal loopholes. Right. Scan, yeah, scan and interpret and give a report. I was like, this is rapidly becoming a legal drama all of a sudden. And then it does. Yes, it does. It becomes a trial episode out of nowhere. (laughs) We love a courtroom episode. Right? But I love it when it's mixed in with everything else. Yeah. (laughs) There's also a lot of comedy in Data being the debate team captain of high school, like, style, like, arbitration of him. And unable to be unfair in any way. (laughs) He loves it so much. He does love it. So, um, they come up with, uh, Data is actually sent twice to go read the scroll of of doom mm. and Picard uh, once he gets back in uniform <laughs> chats with Data Aww. finds out there was a Klingon case where an alien on the planet uh, had a legal dispute and that they decided because that there's like um, an alien person here that we need an outside arbitrator to settle this and that was the example that they could use as precedent to bring into the law case we love a legal episode yeah (laughs) right mom (laughs) the advocate will refrain from making her opponent disappear I love all of that. The snarky judge. <laughs> I'm giving him some leeway. He says it so straight, too. It's and so good. It's interesting, the scene in which Data is chosen to be the arbitrator because Ardra, uh, Picard approaches Ardra, says, uh, here's my precedent. I request arbitration. She goes, cool, that guy, your guy. Ha yeah. ha. Boom. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> That's the kind of gotcha journalism we're here for. And uh, Data's like, <clears throat> Picard, over here. I cannot tell a lie. I am not a real boy. <laughs> He's. It's fine. I got this. Okay. He I thinks he does. My law degree on Phoenix University. <laughs> no offense to any Phoenix grads out there. Uh, kudos. No, they'll have their own Degrees planet. Degree. It'll be Planet Phoenix University yeah, by this era. Still yeah. online. They have their own federation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so we go through this interesting little sham trial, I suppose, and uh, Picard tries to like get her to prove herself and he tries to she tries to get him to disprove her powers and meanwhile the, the really mayor is just negative. sitting there like oh ooh, ah, ooh, wee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also like have a scene right before this where Jordy's like figuring something out right mm-hmm. he's got a detection of something he's like I detect something in the atmosphere and it looks like it's cloaked right and noticeably or notably he's on the planet uh, right so he's not on the enterprise during mm-hmm. that He's working with, I believe, the scientists. Oh, that that's a good them. point, Xander, because the Enterprise, with all of its technology, couldn't find it, but the Agrarian Society didn't have a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. Ah, I like that. Well, not only that, the Enterprise goes missing. How did she do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we need to talk about this, because uh, the shuttlecraft is right about to pull into the station when Enterprise disappears. Had they just continued floating forward 20 feet, they would have bumped into it because it was just cloaked the whole time. But the shuttle can't sense that. And they can block all communication and all transport. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) It really is a magic level episode. Like there's wizardry going on. Did someone say magician? (laughs) The word magic was used quite a bit in this episode. And it feels like that's the only way to describe it. But Picard tries anyway. <laughs> hey, do you guys ever wonder where I might find a Zaterial Emerald? Ooh, I know the cave. Okay. But I okay. have enough jewelry. Well, you trying to bring me diamonds? <laughs> yeah. uh, emeralds? No, emeralds. Jewels? <laughs> gems. Precious gems. Uh, this was a bargaining chip Picard tried to use to su- use uh, the fact that she's interested in him to offer her the location of some some sexy emeralds. But she doesn't <laughs> fall for it. She wants him and all of him willingly, forcibly. Mm-hmm. And the economic forecast of the planet, which is such an oddly right. specific thing. Yeah. Ooh, they included Wait, economic forecasts? <laughs> Don't you remember in the beginning when she first, she first it's in the um, scrolls. produces the scroll, she's like, you also need to write down your economic forecast for your planet. And then later in the conference room, Troy brings it up mm-hmm. and Picard's like, I noticed that too. She's yeah. a flim flam artist. Yeah, and that's yeah. actually a good justification for how they figured it out. No real devil would ever ask for, <laughs> for economic, economic forecasts. <laughs> it's such a strange, strange episode. Like, mm. this is clearly was written in 1978 and then updated for now. Right. And I think that's why they had to do so much uh, hoop jumping, Xander, for all yeah. the technological, like, loopholes they're going through. Because some of that stuff may have worked on the technology that was available on the original Enterprise. But, it, but they've sort been of... so good at keeping to their canon for the most part yeah. in this show. I'm kind of surprised I got away with it. But let's let's see if we can summarize it. So there is a low. There's a ship in the atmosphere that is cloaked, and she is the only person on the ship, right? No, Did she they has have a crew. crew? She see, had a crew. I assumed there was an elaborate crew of stagehands constantly ready That's with it, costumes, right? always like, "All right, go, okay, go, 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 go." You're in the yeah, you're like, uniform. Okay, back well, in the transport. But it's her eye. <laughs> Picard says devil, and then she, she doesn't have the devil no, costume not immediately. Until later. Not yeah. until the courtroom scene later. So she had to get her team to go work yeah, on Yeah, stage manager's like, that. let's prep okay. devil costume on Bay 4. Yeah. They do say at the end, yeah, we interviewed her crew, and they say she has 23 right. aliases. In this system can... alone, right? There's what? something like that. Yeah. Mm. So Impressive. There's a cloaked ship. In the atmosphere, and it has a number of technologies, including like a transport technology that's super fast and 
penetrative, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It makes and a then, flashy lightning bolt thing uh, <laughs> that looks different than our transport. That could have also be part of the hologram technology, too, like com- combination of the two. Which is the second part, right? Which is a hologram technology which can produce images. Field. Yeah. Oh, and force field to actually have stuff, right? Yeah. I, f- I forget the tremor part of this whole thing. They were using a low energy tractor beam on the tectonic plate. Duh. <laughs> but, Isolate you know. one plate. All yeah. makes sense. No one needed to stabilize how they were standing when that room shook. Everybody yeah. was just like there. And the camera would be like, yes, we all acknowledge that happened. Yeah. It's like uh, riding a subway. Yeah, right. but they're so good at it on the Enterprise, like, well, because of the inertial dampeners. Right, but they have gravity here. It's yeah. the same thing. It yeah. should be better on the Enterprise than here. Those podiums should have been exploding in sparks. <laughs> <laughs> in the courtroom. Well, Picard goes through and explains everything away and then produces the powers himself to convince the, um, what is that guy's name? The, the leader. Yeah, the mayor. The something, mayor. Something. I think he is the mayor. It's he? Gerald. It's Gerald. Jared. Jared. It's not Jared. Yeah. It is Jared. It oh is my Jared. gosh. But okay. he says it like Jared or something. Jared. Uh-huh. Cost Jared. Yeah. But it's Jared. Zandare. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, like, just to go back a little bit, what Jordy was working on is he actually found the cloaked Enterprise and was like, uh, he contacted Picard, which who is off on a recess, I think, from the trial, who was like, oh, no, we got to do something quick. Uh, and Jordy's like, we, uh, or he says, we need to get in contact with him. And Jordy's like, I already did. Yeah, yeah. Jordy was the surprise witness, right? Jordy came in, like, Picard's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I think my chief engineer is about to tell me. Boop, boop. And I love the please, whole, please like. Please tell me, because it can't be the first court case I ever lose. Come on. Me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love the whole, like, hi, Data, Jordy. It's like, oh, it's my friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a Not recess, right now, Jordy. please? Not right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they gain control of, uh, well, they gain uh, control of their the power, right? Do they take the ship at that point? Like, they how t- did they get it? They took control of the ship and they took the programs that she had uh, and then yes. they copied the programs and so they could Picard implement use it. it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. They they operated it from her ship. They got on oh, board. They? they found her stream deck of buttons they said, and they yeah. just started pushing them. <laughs> you know, once they got through the cloaking and they didn't have their leader present, they had no security plan on that ship. The crew was like, oops, ah, you caught us. Okay, we give up. Like, it's a bunch of Union stagehands. They don't know how to fight yeah, against yeah. Federation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just so, picture the little stream deck with like gifts of each different devils, the different <laughs> cultures and she just pushes it. There it is. <laughs> Sexy outfits. Yeah, yeah. One of those buttons is Deanna Troy just appearing by it's the way. It's true. That was a crazy change. I was like, okay, a lot of cool costume changes which justifying she's always staying in her own face except for the devil ones which she right. would have ready but then suddenly she's a member of the crew I was like, that's another level of illusion. And she Recently put Deanna Troy's finger in somewhere it shouldn't have gone. It went too yeah. far down the deep V. Down the V. <laughs> I did get a little bit of like oh, oh no um, you two are not supposed to this feels uncomfortable because Deanna Troy touches the bare chest of Captain Picard. And I don't it's like, like it. <laughs> but I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the analogy of who those people are for me. Uh, it's like an aunt and uncle who are like close, but I guess, I don't know. But no, but there would be a, but, but the Not aunt and uncle that aren't a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a brother and sister. There we go. I think this is a wise choice on the writer's part to do that instead of someone like Beverly, though, because mm-hmm. she wouldn't know. And it shows yeah. that she doesn't know. And she's just yeah, like, hmm, she picked the wrong the hot one. hot brunette on the bridge. Yeah, yeah, he'll like her, 
right? Mm-hmm. He's, she's assuming incorrectly, and I love right. that. Because then, because I think all the viewers felt that was weird. Because we all know that she has a relationship with Riker, and he does not have a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And so that that juxtaposition makes us feel that this is more wrong. Really good point, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a fifty-fifty shot there. <laughs> There's only two women. <laughs> And they don't talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Not about men. Actually, only about men? Yeah. Uh, their teams have never passed the Bechdel test. <laughs> Once Picard demonstrates all this nonsense, uh, Audra's like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and let the contract be null and void and just get on out of here. And then, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly fade into the bushes. Nice try, Connor. See, that was the other thing is because they took commandeered the vessel, they took away her powers. That's what right. he was saying. Right. And Jared says... Jared still believes in her, though. Like, he's still... Even after all that happened, he's still like, but what if? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to shake the faith that they've had for so long. Like, this is definitely a tenet of their belief. Mm -hmm. A thousand years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Long ass time. I feel like the science crew on the planet, though, should have kind of seen this coming, because I'm sure everybody had been talking about it for quite... A long time. Everybody had been saving their torches and mm. really getting ready to like raise some structures. There was some other stuff that made them block planetary Twitter, so they just didn't keep up with the current events. It's so just they... like if we're all going to be slaves in two weeks, we'd be talking about it now. Like it wouldn't be yeah, a week yeah. and six days. We'd be like, oh wait, is that tomorrow? Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we all going to get slave tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were a lot of holes in this one. <laughs> I will say there were a lot of holes, but I laughed more at this episode than I have at a, one of them in a while. This is pretty hilarious and weird. I yeah. I did enjoy it. Um, they are taking risks. Oddly, uh, it got the highest Nielsen rating of any episode since the first episode. I believe was the guest Wild. star. Is was she like a, a known person at that time? Or That's I don't a know. Jake question. Memory Alpha. That yeah. is a Jake question. Also, something about like the scientist on the planet felt like a cameo that I wasn't getting. Like an older, maybe it was using like an older actor from uh, which Star scientist? Trek. The older dude? Yeah, uh, Howard or whatever one. his name was. To answer your question, Marta Dubois is her name. Good name. This is the only episode of Star Trek she's in. She was definitely in some stuff in the eighties uh, and two thousands, but I don't know of any. She's Panamanian. Uh, any like main credits she was in the trial of the incredible hulk which i have no idea what that oh. is <laughs> but uh yeah she was a tv actor um oh, okay. and actually she uh passed away in 2018 as a matter of fact oh. um but paul lambert who was um played howard clark the older scientist man uh. you might recognize him because he was in the first season episode when the bow breaks this was the episode where the kids like the kids get kidnapped or something like that. Like a bunch of kids on the Enterprise and Wesley's the and oldest Wesley. of all of them. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. That's right. The planet that had a children of men type scenario. Yeah. 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 I think he was on that planet. He was one of those leaders, okay. I believe. Gotcha. Um, so that's maybe where you recognized him. Mm. He's a baby snatcher. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, great episode. And yeah. you know what? It's fun. Uh, you Picard Do you think this didn't would save their lives? They saved their own lives. Yeah, I'm you to know. That's true. They made their own civilization and they did it all themselves. And they just needed some help to see that. I liked that too. It was like, hey, so did she snap her fingers and it got better? It's like, no, it was gradual over time as we built a bodied government and decided to make better economic changes. Like, oh, hmm. huh. 
Interesting. Think about it. No you, way. There was magic. There yeah. was magic. Are you telling me that Picard queer-eyed them? I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> We're all crying at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> the peace and prosperity was inside me. They needed to take time for themselves. Well, that was Devil's Due, and next week we'll be exploring clues. <gasps> another mystery? Oh my gosh. Yeah, another mystery. Is Tim Curry in it? <laughs> I wish. Man, Tim Curry would be a great Star Trek villain. That would oh, be amazing. Full prosthesis. Yeah. Very cool. He'd be a great anyway. Klingon, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in clues, the crew of the Enterprise wakes up after apparently passing through a wormhole, but Data is acting a bit suspiciously, prompting the command staff to wonder if he's been... Compromised. I made a different dun dun dun. (laughs) Set course for a mystery. Engage!